0: From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Today is Friday, June 15th. This was the last week of classes for most students in Vermont. But some local schools won't be opening their doors again next year.
1: I mean, I, I knew that the school was probably gonna close at some point down the road. I just thought that I would be able to graduate.
0: This is Ronald Johnson. He's a junior at Chelsea High School.
1: My dad and my all of my uncles and even my grandfather graduated from here, so you know I've got a lot of family history just here that I wanted to continue. What um, makes you say you know close? Well, I mean, in you know within the last five years, there's been discussion about closing it. You know they didn't think it was financially viable. You know we we definitely have had a decline in students. We don't offer as many classes as some bigger high schools do, but I I still think that Chelsea is, is worth keeping open.
0: Chelsea High School is closing because the town voted to merge with nearby Tunbridge under Act 46. That law encouraging school districts to consolidate passed back in 2015. But this year, its effects are becoming more visible across the state.
2: This is a culmination of a law that was passed in 2015. And so there's been voluntary mergers. And now we're moving into the next phase where places that didn't merge, the secretary was tasked with meeting with each of them and coming up with a state plan.
0: This is Krista Hewling, the chair of the State Board of Education. The plan she's talking about is a set of new recommendations by the Agency of Education that says 43 additional school districts should merge in the coming year.
2: And not everybody's happy with these decisions. And again, that's why I thank the agency because they made decisions that were, you know, not easy. These are not easy decisions to make. And they went through and really tried to look at what was good for the local, regional and state. And sometimes there there might be differences what it was better for a region than it would be at a local level.
0: Krista talked to our editor Colin Mine on WDEV radio this week.
1: If the districts that are asked to merge don't want to do it if they, uh, you know, it's local governance is obviously hugely important to people in Vermont. Um, and if they just don't like the recommendation, don't want to do it. What's the sort of uh, ability for you to sit down with them and figure out the road ahead there?
2: Um, well, this is where we have to have some really tough conversations because Act Forty Six gives the authority of the state board to make those mergers, and and they're not voluntary. And that's what the whole part of Act Forty Six was to allow districts the state signals, we want to have larger governance. This isn't about schools. It's about governance. It's about the adults getting together in the room. They wanted larger governance system. So that way they could look at the resources that are available from school to school and think about how could we economize? How could we create more opportunities for our students? And so they gave various incentives to allow that to happen. And now we're getting down to the schools that, if for one reason or another, didn't want to merge. And there is, under law, state board has the authority to merge districts that didn't choose to merge. And that's where these conversations are going to become very difficult.
1: And right now, you know, the focus is on merging school boards, making a more efficient governance. But, you know, the sort of, I think the greater concern looming over all this is school closures, you know, communities that are worried that, you know, these sort of, the hearts of their communities, these schools, um, you know, might eventually have to merge with other schools, that they'd have to send their students off to other communities. So I guess I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about sort of the connection between Act 46 and, you know, the potential for uh, school closures at some point.
2: I I actually believe the opposite. I think Act 46 could actually help a lot of small schools stay open. Um, And that's what we saw in a lot of our reports. Um, So with the schools that chose to merge and they came and every merger came in front of the state board and we we went through the reports and, and their statements And a lot of the smaller schools decided when they started talking to their neighbors that they could actually stay open if they merged with their neighbors with the governance. So that way they could have more fluidity with resources. There was something called the Intolerable Acts of the 1890s when they took all the small schools in each town and condensed them into one central school. And again, they were called the Intolerable Acts for a reason. (laughs) And, And this isn't asking students to move. This is asking adults to move and to think about what's best for their kids. And as a result, though, there has been some school closures. Um, I'm thinking of Chelsea High School. And so when towns were getting together, they were realizing they actually weren't offering their students enough opportunities, that they wanted more for their kids. So Act 46 has caused places to think about these issues and to think about what they are offering. Um, So I do think it's a byproduct but I don't think it's an intention and it's explicit in the law saying that this is not meant to close small schools.
0: Some students and faculty inside Chelsea High School see things differently.
3: I think the part that I took issue with the most was that we weren't doing everything that we could for students at Chelsea.
0: This is Rachel Allen, the school's Spanish teacher.
3: I mean, I put everything into this job, and so for them to say that that there are better opportunities out there, I felt was really misleading and incorrect. This isn't a place where we say no to students and I felt like that was a lot of the talk was there's all look at all of these things that these students don't do or can't have and I that's definitely not our mindset here.
4: It was really a very emotional topic. I don't know if I was really anticipating that a lot of people who we spoke to Students and teachers were still quite upset about the results of the vote. It was still a really emotional topic for a lot of people.
0: Caroline Preston is a senior editor for the Heckinger Report, an independent news organization that focuses on education. This week, she published a story on Chelsea's last homecoming weekend as a K-12 school.
4: There was a sentiment that the state doesn't understand small schools, that it sees small schools as a problem, that it doesn't recognize what they see as really wonderful things about small schools, like the bonds that you can build with teachers, the fact that there aren't really any cracks for kids to fall through, and that this kind of experience is really unique.
3: I feel like the state, when they uh, created Act 46, was really out of touch with what it means to be a small school in Vermont. I think that small schools in Vermont provide a lot of things for our students that they're maybe missing at a, at a larger school, And just because the school has a lot of students does not mean that it is an educational powerhouse.
4: And I also talked to people who were worried about the effect of the school's closing on the town itself, that this has made this town vibrant and that they worry that without this sort of gathering place where they can go to cheer on the sports teams or meet for bonfires or that kind of thing, that the town is just going to be a place that people come for school choice and then their kids are going to fan out all over the place and there's not going to be sort of this hub.
2: You're losing a central focus of a community. You're looking at it from the viewpoint of not just sports, but drama, um, potluck dinners, and all of those different events, graduation, all of those are, are no longer going to be a part of Chelsea's experience.
1: I mean, the high school athletics, you know, are totally gone because there'll be no high school. I mean, these kids, I mean, I was talking about a young man today who, you know, he is not super athletic and he fully acknowledges that and knows that, you know, he goes to a bigger school and I don't think he'll participate in extracurricular activities, at least not athletic activities. And, you know, for him it's not about getting on the field and being a great player, it's about that camaraderie that's built by being part of a team and, and just being with that group and, you know, building relationships and friendships that are going to last.
0: Caroline, how did this merger actually come about?
4: At first, people in Chelsea started talking to a variety of different school districts nearby.
5: You know, we had community forums with the Chelsea community. Where would you like us to look at? What are some of the options? This is
0: Mark Blunt, the school's principal.
5: I know the board visited with the Randolph superintendent and their board at one time. We looked at Waits River and met with some of their board members. Obviously, we've worked with Tunbridge.
4: But the idea of school choice, of kids being able to go to virtually any school that they wanted to, really held a lot of appeal for people. And it seemed like the most feasible way to make that happen for Chelsea was to partner with the nearby town of Tunbridge.
5: Because Act 46 says... You have to merge with a like school district, Tonbridge is a K-8 choice district that Chelsea had to become, through the voting process, a K-8 choice district and close its high school.
4: And so that pretty early on became the focus of discussions. And the first vote about merging those two districts, I believe, was fall 2017. And then there was a revote initiated by some students and one student's grandfather that took place in January of this year.
5: For this community, the Chelsea community, their vote was loud and clear. It was resounding that we wanted, we want to see choice for high school kids.
4: I talked to one woman who was a Chelsea graduate herself, who felt like her own transition to college was unnecessarily difficult for social and academic reasons, that Chelsea, it just couldn't offer the kinds of rigorous academics that she felt like her freshman year roommate, for example, from New York had gotten in New York has the regents exam that every student has to pass to graduate high school. She didn't feel like there was anything comparable in Vermont and at Chelsea. She felt like the science lab hadn't been updated since she'd graduated. We have one teacher for basically every subject in this school we just have one science teacher we have one English teacher and that's it wasn't always that way at Chelsea So I think that it's tough but it's also there's the other side of having to see what's right for the education of all of the students here It's really a rare opportunity I mean that Vermont has where young people can have the choice to go to to high school where they want and she found that really appealing and and I, I like once talk to another mom who, has a kid in college now who graduated from Chelsea, who did quite well academically at Chelsea. She's now at the University of Delaware. And she felt like the mom felt like her daughter's transition to college had also been really difficult. And it might not have been as difficult if she'd gone to a high school that, you know, had more than 50, 50 or 60 kids in the school.
0: With that school choice program, you reported that some people had raised concerns about whether that program was actually going to be cost effective and whether you know, these savings that are intended under Act 46 here would actually materialize. Can you talk about that a little bit?
4: One thing that I learned is it's pretty complicated because it's a sending community that is paying for the kids to go to the schools. A lot of schools, even private schools, are capped at 15000 So even if the school might cost more, the taxpayers are not going to be on the hook for more than 15000 which is actually less than the per-people spending average, But there are a few exceptions, and one of the exceptions is the school, Thetford Academy, which is near Chelsea, where a lot of Chelseans are going. Taxpayers there are going to be on the hook for nearly $19,000, which is more than they were spending per pupil at Chelsea. So that's one reason why people who don't support the merger really question whether this is going to result in savings.
2: Throughout
3: this entire process, I personally didn't see that there would be a lot of cost savings.
0: This is Mindy Farnham, the school counselor.
3: Because I know that when you become absolute school choice, students can go anywhere. Students can go to any school in the state of Vermont, and they can also go to Rivendell and Hanover and New Hampshire. We know of the students who are here in our building, and we know where they're going to go to school next year. But if you have a student or students who move into your town, and all of a sudden they're going to a school that's, you know, each of them $18,000 a year, that could very well mean cuts in a position at the K-8 level, because that's really then, that's the only place you can cut.
5: Do I see um, savings? Um, Short run, I don't, but perhaps in the long run, yes.
4: This process, multi-year process of school consolidation, while I guess one could argue that the state really did give local communities control over it, it didn't really feel like that to the people in these communities, at least in Chelsea.
5: I, I personally get uh, concerned with it's top-down being pushed down to local communities. I think from my level, and even from the board level, I think the Act 46 process, the clarity just wasn't there. What I mean? mean, it was um, messages coming from the AOE, you know, as uh, these governing bodies were working uh, were often getting some conflicting information they needed clarity on you know uh, aspects of act forty six and which you know maybe one meeting it would be this another meeting it would be that that <laughs> so,
4: they felt like anyways. there it was overly rigid like these rules around the fact that you had to partner with a like district in order to take certain steps it was just overly complicated and unnecessarily difficult for them. So they were not happy with the way that Act 46 was written and has played out for the most part.
3: I feel like because I just spend most of my time here with the students, there's not really any division on how people feel about this issue here. Um, We're all pretty against it.
0: (laughs) You cover education policy across the country. I'm curious, how does what's happening here in Vermont compare to what's happening with schools in other rural areas?
4: Rural schools are definitely having to close in other places. There have been a lot of states that have looked into the possibility of school consolidation and embraced it to varying extents. It's not possible in all places from a sort of geographic perspective, like Wyoming, for example. If the nearest school is two hours away, you know, you can't stick kids on a bus for that long. So it's not as practical in some places as it is in Vermont, or as some people say it is in Vermont. But it is a a topic of conversation elsewhere for sure.
0: What's next for Chelsea and for the people you talk to
4: there? So the kids are going to be going to different schools. A lot of them are going to be going to this independent school nearby called Thetford Academy. Some of them are going to be going to a union school nearby. So they'll be kind of dispersing to different schools next year.
1: I think I took five days off of school just going around and shadowing different schools, which is something I've never really done before. You know, it's it's like a whole new world and you've got, you know, different teachers and community members and coaches saying, oh, oh, you should go here, or hey, come here, you know, we can do this for you, and, you know, it just, I think it's going to set a lot of kids up to possibly make decisions that they're not ready
3: for.
4: And then I guess it kind of remains to be seen whether the town is able to kind of maintain what people there see as its vibrancy without the school.
3: They've really made a big difference crack in the community and and I think that the committee and the community members who voted in favor of the merger really underestimated how much the school was a hub for things that happen in this town and for um, people to feel a part of the community how there won't be basketball games three nights a week where everyone comes out to them I mean I'd be interested to see what where Chelsea is in 10 years after this if it is, a vibrant community or if it is just one where people move so that their kids can have school choice.
4: People are hoping that community members are going to still come out and support these kids, even though they're on sports teams at different places, that they will still be local people who show up and are supporting the kids from the town. But there are questions as to whether that's actually going to happen.
0: Well, thanks, Caroline, for your time. I really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: You can read Caroline's dispatch from Chelsea and hear more from students and faculty there at vtdigger.org. We collaborated on this story with the Heckinger Report, which again is an independent nonprofit news site focused on education policy. You can read more and sign up for their newsletter at heckingerreport.org. Thanks also to WDEV Radio for audio with Colin Mine and Krista Hewling from the State Board of Education. The Deeper Dig is VT Digger's weekly news podcast. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get new episodes as soon as they land. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom.
2: Have a nice weekend.